We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. listening to this it's probably game day and man i've been consuming a lot of steph curry propaganda the last 24 hours it's almost hard to get my head wrapped into gotta start a new series now but you know what we're professionals that's what we do welcome to the series of the century you know how in college football when Bama plays LSU or something the last 10 years. They call it the game of the century. This is what that is. Lebr- Steph Le- versus LeBron, Chapter 5, the series of the century. I, can't, I cannot wait. I and cannot you, wait. And you mix in Laker fans. Like, I think we talked about it a little on the last episode with Alao, but it's just like everyone knows a ton of Laker fans growing up in the Bay Area. There's a little resentment. It's just there's a little, there's a little NorCal SoCal rivalry there. I went to the gym today and I saw at least six or seven people with Laker shorts or LA hats. And I'm just like, what the, f- what is going on? I'm already disgusted. It's not even game one. I'm already grossed out. What is happening? Yeah. It's, it, it's partially because, you know, like we, we, we both have family members who moved to LA relocated. Yeah, obviously the opposite happens to people relocating up from LA to the Bay area. But it's really those people who grew up in the Bay Area but decided to be a Laker fan because the Lakers were good when we were kids and the Warriors were not. That disgusted me. Oh, not going to lie. Could have been me, but I hated Kobe all the way until I, like, turned 22. So uh, this is going to be an all-timer, man, an all-timer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I So I was kind of digging into the series, and my initial gut feeling was – I feel like this is a bad matchup for the Warriors because I remembered yes. that's kind of how the regular season went. But then I thought about it a little deeper and I realized while AD has always been a little bit of a problem for the Warriors, I'm not convinced anything that happened in the regular season matters. And let me, let me lay this out for you. The first game they had Westbrook on their roster. Warriors ran them out of the gym game two and three. Steph didn't play. I'm just un interested in any sample size that involves games about Steph's Curry game four was Steph's first game back and Wiggins was missing and Anthony Lamb played 27 minutes as we saw in the Sacramento Kings series I would be very surprised if Anthony Lamb plays seven minutes in any game much less 27 minutes 
on the Lakers side, I think LeBron missed at least two of the matchups as well. Uh, it's just just different teams. They were at no point did we see either team close to full strength against each other. So throw anything you saw in the regular season out the window with those two teams because we're shooting blind on this one. One hundred percent, dude. You, you, I had it written down that I was going to talk about how the regular season didn't matter, and you pretty much threw out everything I was going to say. The only thing I want to point out also is, even if they were healthy and playing each other, I still don't think any of it would have mattered. You really think those guys would have thrown some real schemes uh, that they would actually try to use now that they are going to play in a playoff series together? You don't think LeBron already knows what? Steve Kerr wants to run. You don't think Steph and those guys already know what defense an AD LeBron team is going to play? Definitely. Like, it's all, I mean, come on, man. That None first, of that stuff matters. The first LeBron pick six when the Warriors run Steph off ball and he knows exactly where he's going and the telegraph pass that Draymond wants to make is going to be so infuriating because the only person who knows the Warriors playbook as well as Steph Clay and Draymond is LeBron James. But you know it's coming. You know it's coming. There will be moments where <laughs> LeBron's going to come out there and Kaminga's going to be out of position and LeBron's going to say like, hey, kid, go get to the corner, right? <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hilarious. I, I think I'm with you. I, maybe we're disagreeing, though, I think, on the on, on our predictions on the series. I do think it, it will be probably the hardest series that the Warriors are going to play, I think, this entire playoffs. I, I truly think so. I, I think whoever that they end up playing in the West Finals, if they make it there, and whoever they end up playing come out of the East, I think the Lakers are a harder matchup than any of those teams. So I, I, even taking out the regular season, Sam, I think this is the hardest matchup the Warriors will go through. I, I think I agree on that point. Um, I think if you if you tell me you get the best version of AD, which we've seen for most of this season, definitely more so in the previous two seasons, objectively toughest matchup, because I think he actually is, he might be the only big man in the NBA who gives them significant issues. Um, maybe Giannis, but... They don't with, play Giannis enough. But AD, Yeah, and know. then secondarily, everyone around Giannis is slow and unathletic. Um, that, yeah, even if he can hang with the Warriors, like they just have too many guys they could pick on. That's less so an issue with the Lakers. We got LeBron and Vanderbilt and guys who are, let's just say, not liabilities. Then AD gets to just, you know, kind of use wingspan and be a terror all over. Um, yeah, I don't know. I disagree with you on that point because if both teams are operating at their max capacity, uh, whatever that means in 2023, it's like a total clash of styles. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, let's let's say the Warriors do beat the Lakers. The Suns aren't a clash of styles. Denver is not really a clash of styles. I think Boston or Miami or someone might come out of the East. Not really that. The Lakers are just built the complete opposite way the Warriors are. So it kind of it, it's going to be a tough matchup because they can they can push some of the Warriors' weaker points. It, it will. It will be. Um, and so let's get to the nitty gritty. I'll let you kind of lead the way here, but um, I, I I think this is going to be, dude. I, I don't know how many great series we're gonna, how many great series we've seen in the Warriors in the last ten seasons. This might top them all because I do I do think some part of this is Steph and LeBron first time they go six games, and by the end of that series, it very much felt like a hey, the Warriors are just a way better team. The second time around. That thing goes seven games. It's an instant classic. The Warriors kind of fall apart. They're the ones that start to say, okay, now they're a little tired. They're a little worn down. Cavs outlasted them. 
Then you've got the KD, those back-to-back ones. The first one, Warriors and Cavs. Was that the best basketball that we've seen the last 20 years? Probably. The Warriors are, are just a better team. And then the one after that, I think LeBron had kind of, it was a shitty East. He got out of it. The Warriors swept him. Right. So those were the four chapters. And now it feels like you're getting a still operating at his prime Steph Curry at 35. You're still getting a LeBron that's very good, but I do think maybe at the tail end of his career. But he's got a guy in Anthony Davis who's kind of like Kevin Durant, right? Who's like an elite, 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 elite wingman, top 10 player in the NBA. So. Um, versus the depth that the Warriors have in terms of Clay, Draymond, Wiggins. So you've got like three or four guys that are like mid-tier versus AD who's above them. So I don't know, man. This one's a lot different than the last four times that Steph and LeBron have played each other. So that, that's why I'm... I'm yeah, I mean, I think LeBron is at best the third best player on the court. Yeah. I don't know that I could say that at any other time. It is even round one. He's still better than John Morant. He's still better than anyone the Grizzlies have. But like Steph... Steph's the best player in the league. Sorry. I, I know it makes old heads like shiver to have to say the 6'2 guy's the best player in the league, but he is. Um, and AD is just better than LeBron today. Doesn't mean LeBron can't be really good, but it's like that's kind of why I started the conversation off with AD because I think he is the bigger focal point for the Warriors. And I guess you can you can say how do the Warriors stop those guys and then the you know how do the Lakers stop Steph yep. and that? Yep. But let's go both ways. I guess we'll start with the Laker one because I just teed that one up first. What do you think the Lakers do with uh, AD? Offensively, defensively, you're talking about both. Yeah, um, dude, AD is such a weird thing. Watching that Memphis series, one game he'll be completely locked in, twenty nine points, six blocks, best player on both sides of the court, makes the Defensive Player of the Year. Jaron Jackson looks like a child. And then the next and then the next game, he'll just completely sleepwalk, right? He'll just sleepwalk through a game. It's kind of like the Warriors. The most fascinating thing to me is can Anthony Davis beat Kevon Looney four times in a series so that the Warriors don't have to use Draymond against AD? Warriors using Draymond against AD, I think, is not their first option. That's not what they're going to do to start. I think they're going to prefer to have Looney start off on him and then Draymond roam around against other guys. Wiggins, obviously, on LeBron. So I do think if yeah, they're gonna Looney put, can they're hold gonna put his Draymond, own. They can put Draymond on Vanderbilt and say, Correct. take that corner three, bro. Correct. Which is what Memphis tried to do, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think it, all, it will work. Vanderbilt's shot is, is as bad as Draymond's. So I, I think that is... That's the series. So I'm glad you started there. That's the series in terms of if Anthony Davis is just going to go for 32 points and completely dominate the paint every single four or five times a series, I don't think the Warriors can win. I think the other I think the other aspect you hit on AD, like the biggest thing is like he he has moments where you're like, good God, this might be the best big man I've ever seen. And then he'll follow it up by like. I don't know, looking like Clint Capella, like just chilling out there, like not bad, but not not particularly special either. And I think part of that is he just runs out of gas and just has games where he doesn't have he doesn't have the energy. Good point. And to you know wh- whether it's that or it's mental, it's probably both. Um, I think the Warriors absolutely have to run when they get lethargic. AD. It's it's funny because against the Kings, they actually slowed it down because they're finally like these guys are too young. 
I think against the Lakers, they have to take the opposite approach, which is, look, man, you know, we're old, but they are kind of bigger and older in, in a lot of different ways. Like LeBron's obviously older. He has an issue with too much running, I think. AD as a big man tires out. So you have to kind of take advantage of those lulls. And I think I think the Warriors are going to just run way more in this series than they did in the last series uh, because they don't want to get stuck in the half court, allowing AD just to stand back there and then decide to use all his length and you know athleticism to contest everything. They want to make him play in transition and just tire him out as much as possible. He One can the- play in transition, but like ultimately he's way more terrifying when they're like stuck in a half court. How does this and, and again keep in keep in mind every game, it's every other day. Now I think the Lakers have an advantage in game one. Obviously, they've had four yeah, they days didn't play off almost. Seven. Right. And and the Warriors are one game, one day arrest, but game two, one day arrest, game three, one day arrest, game four, one day arrest. So what does and what does Anthony Davis look like by the time he gets to game six? I think one final thing for me on Anthony Davis is mm-hmm. the Warriors, I think before this season, um, had a lot of paint points. They were really good at backdoing. They had a lot of smart guys, Otto Porter, Andre Godala. Also just better spacing with like guys like Otto and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Better spacing, better passing. I just think generally smarter people. I think this year's team is not, right? They're, you can just see it. It's why the sack series went seven. Um, they just tend to just launch, especially guys like, especially Clay, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo just launches threes. And I, maybe that's a good thing against this Lakers team where Anthony Davis isn't going to come out when he's going to get fatigued. You and I have talked about it every other game this season. It's not always a good thing because they shoot too many threes when they should be getting the hole, but maybe that's a good thing this series because you're not going to be able to finish. Too many yeah. lazy. Dante and um, I mean, Dante might be the biggest culprit with Dante. Those two guys. Dante and Poole. Yeah. Yeah. Just where it's just- from 25. 18 seconds on the clock. Don't even like they, their first option isn't there. They're like, well, got to shoot it. You know, that's like literally what it it feels like sometimes. Um, And you're right. It's like, they've never been a team that, you know, got to the rim in isolation a lot. It's been a lot of like, like you said, cutting and like you move the ball. Next thing you know, uh, you know, pool gets a backdoor layup. That sort of, they're not doing that as much. Like the one thing you can see from the Laker games is like, they get stuck in half court. They don't have an offense. that's just chucking. So that's why I think they're just going to run a lot more because it's just – you don't want to be in that matchup. Now, on the flip side, yes, the Lakers in a set half-court defense are a problem, but I don't think they have anyone who can guard Steph, period. They have great help defense. Like They have the, they have the right big men to devise a scheme to guard him, but it's a lot of like Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves – I, I refuse to believe they're dumb enough to have D'Lo guard him. You know, like it, it's a lot of guys where I'm like Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt definitely. But I wonder how much Vanderbilt can stay on the floor if the Warriors don't guard him. You know, mm-hmm. um, they are. I mean, how do you think they're going to guard Steph? Because they don't have a natural point of attack defender or any really elite perimeter defender. Their entire defense is built around the fact that they have maybe the best defensive big man. You asked me the question knowing what the answer is, Samuel. Come on now. They're going to double and trap Steph out at the extended three-point line. They're going to make him get rid of the ball to Draymond. Draymond's going to four on three against Anthony Davis. He's definitely not going to shoot the eight-foot floater, so he'll try to pass it to Looney, who will then try to kick it back out to Clay, who will then try to kick it back out to Wiggins, and then it'll be an 18-foot contested foot. Like We know what the defense is going to be uh, against Steph. I, I, guess the, I guess what I'm really curious is, 
is does Steph start the series being okay taken out of the game? Is he going to be happy just lofting the ball over the double team and saying, all right, Draymond, try to figure out the four on three. I'm not, I don't know what they're going to do, but I feel like we know that he's going to be doing that the first two, three games, right? I I don't know. At some, I I do think you, you, one, they're going to try to see what they can do. It's like, accept the double and let's see if Steph can relocate. Um, And the Lakers are going to bank on the fact that AD can cover the four on three by himself, which again, you know, I mean, they're, he's on the short list of guys who have a chance at doing it anyway. Right. Um, But yeah, I do agree with you. They're going to trap Steph and try to get the ball out of his hands. I do think the counter is eventually going to be Steph just deciding to ISO a little more. I know he doesn't like to do it, but like, the Laker, every time you run a pick and roll, you actually play to the Lakers' advantage. Whereas all their guards, like, come on, man, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves on an island. No, you know, you, you want to, you want them on an island with the help as far away as possible and then just see what, see what they do when Steph takes three dribbles and, you know, hesitates and that sort of stuff. We know they're not going to start with that type of offense. I mean, it took the game seven for Steph to just kind of be like, ball, ball in my hands. I'll make every decision. Uh, Do you see the stat? He dribbled it over 500 times in that game. I mean, Steve had to have been disgusted. <laughs> Steve, Steve had to have hated it. No, uh, but it's just like so. You know, it's it's good to know you can get there. So yeah, I saw that by a friend of the show, Kevin KOC, and and I, I laughed because I was like, oh, so he just played Luca ball and Harden ball and and Trey ball. <laughs> Uh, and Dane Ball, except he did it like 100 times better because he's Steph Curry and not those guys. Also, the reason why he, you know, and you and I have mentioned this, but he doesn't do it in game one because, dude, have you seen James Harden in game seven? Have you seen Luka by the time the Western Conference Finals comes around? He's not even moving there on the court, right? So you can't, you know, I say all that. Steph can't just come out in game one and just, dribble the ball 500 times like that, that that's going to make the yeah, game they're not, they're not coming out here and acting like the 2018 rockets like, that's right. not who they are <laughs> it's also not the best way to win this series mm-hmm. um i do think you know in terms of x factors on offense uh, i guess before we move on to the next thing clay thompson you're gonna have to you know six for 19 yesterday right clay, clay is gonna have to if they run a four uh, for 19 four <laughs> i over overshot it like him uh if he's gonna run a guard guard pick and roll pick and pop um he's gonna have to make shots duh um, but another guy is Kaminga. Uh, when you talk about the four on three, he's going to get a shot, I think, at playing the Andre Godala alley-oop role um, in the mm-hmm. short corner. So can he stay on the floor? The Lakers didn't guard him last time he was there, and he hoisted a couple threes. You know I hate it. Stop shooting threes. If he's going to come in, can he be aggressive? Is he going to go to the hole? So I think those two guys are, are pretty big X factors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Clay's a good one because if they start trapping Steph and then, you know, they're going to bank on the fact that AD can, can, you know, cover essentially both big men by himself, uh, Draymond and Looney at the same time. That leaves Clay on the weak side. Uh, and Clay, Clay is traditionally feasted on that. You know, he's got to hit his shots this game. Like last eight, last eight minutes against Sack, he I think he had like four wide open threes in like yeah. five possessions. I he missed all of them. Um, that was a, that was a funny thing about the Sack game. Is like I didn't really think he took that many bad shots. He just could not hit anything. Odd. I think exhaustion. Which I mean. It's going to happen this series, but maybe if the pace is slower, that it helps Clay a little bit because he was tired in the yeah. sack series, right? He was tired. Yeah. I mean, this this series will be – it's going to be more physical, um, less of a endurance grind, more of more of like they're just going to bang a lot and they can get tired in different ways. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, friend of the show, Marcus Thompson, put something out at the end of uh, yesterday. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it on the post game show, but Steph Curry's speech, you know, uh, delivering, you know, Winston Churchill during World War II level speech. I don't know, just unstoppable. Uh, you know, like I said, we've been consuming the Steph propaganda all day. But the thing that was interesting in there is people felt his speech was aimed particularly at Poole and Kuminga, where he was basically saying, buy into your role. And I'll deliver us a win. Stop trying to, you know, stop trying to be more than you are. Like, you know what you're, you know what we need from you. Kuminga, we need you to use your athleticism to rebound and cut. We're not running the offense through you like your prime Kawhi, you know. Jordan Poole needs you to play off and make smart decisions. I don't need you trying to do your James Harden impression. You know, that sort of stuff was kind of the message that was conveyed. Uh, and it, and I think about that because they're going to need to find minutes outside of the starting lineup this series. And I fully expect Steve to give everyone a shot in the early part of the series to see who he can trust because it will be a long series. Don't forget the last part of that speech was, Hey, if you're not ready to go, don't get on the bus with us, which is very Draymond ish from Steph. Mm -hmm. You never get that type of um, response from Steph, but Hey, I mean, he kind of knew that this was the end uh, of, of an era. If, if, if these guys didn't deliver and a lot of people out there say like Steph gave that speech and only him and Looney showed up. No, they didn't turn the ball over and they played elite defense. Everybody showed up. They just couldn't shoot the ball because it's a game seven. Nobody can shoot the ball in a game seven, uh, except for, except for Steph, right. And Draymond in 27, 2016. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I think, yeah, I'm with you on well delivered to, to Kaminga and post point. Um, we, I, I bring this up every time Steph came off the bench last postseason because Jordan Poole was being a little baby about coming off the bench. I mean, that, that was why he did it. That was Steph's leadership. Whoever wrote the script for that speech and, and the delivery, I mean, just ha hats off, right? Something straight out of Disney Plus. Thought that was well done. Marvel should take a look at that since they've been churning out shit movies now for the past <laughs> year or so. Um, they've got to figure out a way to get Kaminga's head in it, though, Sam. I know you talked about Jordan Poole, but I'm going to talk about Kaminga. Dude, they need him to be able to play in this series. Can they win this series without Kaminga? Yeah, I think they can. But is life going to be so much easier if Kaminga can give true minutes 
15 minutes like what Moses Moody did. What Moses Moody did was a godsend in the sack series, right? And you would think Moses Moody is going to come off and be able to play 10-15. Can Kaminga do that? Dude, he can body LeBron. Not 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 like dominate or not, not drive against LeBron, but he can guard LeBron. This is not prime LeBron. This is not the forearm shiver, step back three, go right through you, LeBron. Yeah. We saw what he was in Memphis. He's still good. Third best player in the series, like you said. But this iteration of LeBron, Kuminga should be able to stay on the court against that, right? They need, yeah, they, if they can get 15 minutes a game out of Kuminga, that's 15 minutes they weren't getting last series. You know, like that's – and he should be able to because they don't run a complicated offense the way the Kings do. It's not True. as – it's not as dependent on off-ball movement. Kuminga, like most young guys, that stuff just kills them. He has no clue how to guard it. The next thing you know, his man's wide open. We're talking about, I need you to use your physical tools and guard LeBron one versus one for a few minutes here and there, you know? Or he off didn't the reach even, yeah, right? He's done it against Luka. Honestly, his, the, the things he's done, which has made people think he has super high defensive upside, has been when they've stuck him on those isolation-based scores, when it's been guarding... Luca, DeRozan, you know, and obviously LeBron's a, a different level to to those guys, but it's like, you know, when he just has to guard someone one on one on an island, it's a lot simpler, and he he knows how to do it more so than like, all right, Herder's coming off of a, a screen, and the sec Malik Monk's gonna just you know flare off of him, and you need to know where to rotate to. And next thing you know, the guy he was supposed to be on is wide open. You know, yeah, yeah, um, it's a good point. Um, I, I think outside of LeBron, yeah, I brought up Austin Reeves too because that's a guy that that LA has relied on. That's been incredible. Yeah, I just hate to say that I really like Austin Reeves, um, but I think that's someone that they might throw Kaminga on just to say like he's not quicker, he's not stronger, he's shifty, right? But you're going to be able to stay in front, and it's Kaminga doesn't. Here's the thing about Kaminga, even though I think his defensive IQ is super low, but when you put him onto a guy, he doesn't jump and f- make dumb fouls. He's not that type of defender. To your point, can he guard off by action? No. He may never, but can he guard someone in wow. front of him? Yeah. I mean, he's done a damn good job of that. Since no, he can, he can definitely guard one-on-one, but there's more to NBA defense than one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> with all, <laughs> which is with why that, he can't play. <laughs> which is, with all that said, uh, he might not need to do more than guard one-on-one in this series, and that works to his advantage a little bit. You yeah, know? I think he'll get a shot. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like slightly optimistic about coming into this series. I, I sort of watched them in one game, and I was just like, oh yeah, Steve's not, Steve's not playing them, yeah. <laughs> right? He's not playing you know, them. It's, it's funny if they if they advance. Um, if they play Phoenix, I think he'll play a lot because all they do is run the ball, don't stop offense. So he doesn't have to worry about anything. Just when Katie gets the ball, don't foul, you know? Um, but, Den- but Denver? But if they get Denver, sack series all over again. Yeah. You know, that first time that uh, Jokic gets Michael Porter Jr. on a back cut, Steve's going to be like, bench. That's it? Get on the bench. <laughs> it's That's exactly, it. it's funny. Styles do make a fight with this roster. Do you think Moses Moody plays a role in this series? I can't see why he wouldn't. Um, I, you're right. Like I don't, I don't see why I think he so. wouldn't. Yeah, I think. Uh, it, look, in the regular season, they used a lot of Tony Lamb. Um, and say what you want, but he was almost always thrown out there when they're like, "We need another shooter we can trust to semi make a decision." Right? Moody did that in round one. He's shooting the ball well. We know he could shoot the ball, and his decision makings calmed down a little bit. 
uh, shout out Moses Moody for kind of being unfairly in the doghouse and not letting it phase him at the biggest time of the season. You know, I don't get it. It, it feels like they dusted off a 20 year vet that they could just be like, Wait, this okay. is what they do with Andre. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I don't understand it part. I don't understand it from Steve Kerr's perspective. I also mm-hmm. don't understand it from Moses Moody's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, like how isn't he mad about this? Uh, why wasn't he better in the regular season? I think some people have made the argument like, Hey, he was terrible too in the regular season. And I'm I'm just, I'm a little bit confused, but Hey, I'm not going to argue against it. The dudes like we, so often you see Moses Moody just drive into the lane, right. And just kind of jump and and make a bad decision or, or or some, or even slow on defense. And then all of a sudden the playoffs come and the dudes just, he's like on the ground, loose balls quicker to the ball than the other team. How does that even make sense? So I, you know how I feel about Moody. You know, I think he's the best of the young guys, but, uh, I, I think he plays this series against, the, the Lakers are funny because like they rely, it feels like so heavily on guys like Rui Hachimura. Um, and, and the Warriors are now like relying so heavily on guys like Moses Moody and Kaminga. It, yeah. it's, it's interesting because those guys aren't, we'll see. It feels like all of those guys are just hit or miss. You'll never know when, when Rui, I've never seen, I've never seen Rui play this well, uh, in my, in my life. And part of me feels like, come on, the, he's got to turn into a pumpkin at some point. Uh, he's not KD. Sorry. Um, but who knows? He's been playing out of his mind. Like it's it, what did he have in that game one? Like twenty nine. Like twenty. They won that game because of him. All on like mid range shots. Yeah. You know, it was, just, it was just like Jesus. What are what is going? Like Memphis on? didn't didn't play poorly in game one. They weren't great. But if the, if it was a normal Rui game, they win that. Memphis wins game yeah. one. They had the correct game plan, which was we're more concerned about LeBron and AD, and if Rui goes off then so be it and then they just happen to get you know like what are the odds that happens right uh, if that's gonna happen to the Warriors I'm gonna get really annoyed anyway. well, yeah there's but then you know the Warriors have guys like Jordan Poole mm-hmm. would it surprise you if Jordan Poole goes and gets 29 points in game one or game two right just 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 off a, off a team that's a little less frantic than the Kings maybe decision making gets a little bit easier I don't know maybe Steph's speech kind of you know got him got him motivated I don't know would it surprise you why how do you feel about Jordan Poole this series I think it's better. I think it's a better matchup for him. Um, I, first off, I feel like most of the issues with the Sacramento series were it was less about the matchup and more about him being in his head. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like, and maybe them winning and moving on is just enough for him to exhale hmm. a little bit. I think if they play him next to Steph, which I anticipate them doing for stretches, uh, he sh- could be the biggest beneficiary of them trying to trap or get overly aggressive with Steph. He's going to get his looks. Again, the Lakers don't have great perimeter defense. They have great interior defense. And if they're going to put their attention on stopping someone like Steph, there will be opportunities for Jordan Poole. If he slows down and doesn't try to do a million things at once to get a lot of easy, like, all right, drive straight to the rim, open shot, feet set, swish, that sort of stuff. Like him and Clay should get good opportunities. And it's just about them actually like being smart with them and not making shots harder than they need to be. Yeah. 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 The other, I guess my question for you is aside from those guys, who else are you looking at as, um, yeah. X factor here. Dude, is, is LeBron healthy or not? It is, is a, such a big question for me, this series. You talk to Lakers fans and I think a lot of them tell you that, 
you know, he looked good when they needed him to look good. Uh, That's true. The, the he had that of, twenty rebound game where it looked like he couldn't move. He couldn't move. Get, end of game four, right? 22, yeah. 20 rebounds, and he just he shows up the last four minutes of a game. Shows up in overtime, but the thirty minutes before that, like, is is he is he moving well? And it, look, this is not X factor. This is kind of just one of the broader questions, maybe the number mm-hmm. one two question of the series. But it needs to be asked: Is what is LeBron? Is it all of a sudden he sees the Warriors and he's like, "Let's go," right? 35, just like the old days. It's just, I'm making threes. I'm making step back threes. I, I see Step Festus Azili in front of me. It's buckets, right? Do the, do the Warriors pick on LeBron? Are they bold enough to just run like Clay or Steph, uh, have LeBron's man be the screener all day and make LeBron have to switch that action and chase shooters around? Honestly, if, if it's his, one team that can do that, it's the Warriors. And how bad his foot is? If his foot is bad, they should be trying to wear him down because, yeah, as, as you know, like they're going every other day. This is definitely going to be like, can we wear them down? And, you know, by game five, six, he looks he looks 48, not just 38. He looks 48, you know? And the same goes for Anthony Davis. And really the same goes for, and you, you bring this up, this one, the same goes for the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we can talk about pace and we can talk about guys getting tired, but the Warriors were the ones that got tired against the Kings too. And I think when you talk about LeBron and AD, top, top, top 10, uh, top tier talent for the Lakers, then you talk about Steph, who's the only really top tier talent for the Warriors. Those are your three guys. I know the Lakers are deep, but if you have to tell me who's the best players after Steph, AD, LeBron, it's Draymond, Wiggins, and Clay, right? Those are the three guys that are the best players after, after those first three and then after that it's a crapshoot it's austin reeves it's jordan Poole, it's kavon looney it's Ari hachimura um vanderbilt all those guys but but i do think like it is it might just be a war of attrition this series where in game six at crypto arena you just might see lebron ad these guys just might be dragging ass it might be like a 92 86 game which i think is what we're gonna get by the end of the series. I think yeah, we're getting some real it. rock fights by the end of the series. I can see it. Um, and they also can't score against each other. That's the I, got a, I got a stat from friend of the show, Alex Simon. Mm. Who got the most free throw attempts this season? The Lakers. Who got the least free throw attempts this season? The Warriors. Who had the most fouls called on them? Okay, not the Warriors. at the third most, though. Who had the least fouls called on them? The Lakers. Uh, they are complete opposites. I mean, this gets back to our styles make a fight. The Lakers are all about controlling the paint, AD, LeBron, rim, that area. The perimeter play is like, you know, you're getting a lot of mileage out of guys who look better because they play next to those two guys, right? Warriors, opposite. A lot of dudes are getting mileage because Steph Curry gets like three eyeballs at his own free throw line, you know? A lot of, you know, best three-point shooting team don't do too much at the rim. Um how much do you think fouling is going to factor into this series? Cause that's, that's the one thing that kind of concerns me. Like they don't have the depth. Like we might see more Jamichael green than we want to see in the series stop. because Looney's in foul trouble. Cause Draymond might be in foul trouble, that sort of thing. Yeah. We saw that in, in some of the games uh, against the Kings, I think one or two games where Looney and Draymond were in foul trouble. Um, even more so this game. I mean, this series, cause AD is obviously so much better than Sabonis, but I think that's where, Guys like Kaminga's gotta gotta be able to give 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not just Le, it's not just Anthony Davis drawing fouls. It's LeBron 
getting to the rim and drawing fouls. So I think Andrew Wiggins is Austin Reeves bullshit fouls that too. I mean that too. If, if, I mean, we haven't talked about Wiggins at all. I think he's going to be pretty, he's going to be fine this series. I think he always does a good job against LeBron. He'll get open shots. Um, but it's someone like Kaminga where can you toss him on LeBron and Reeves, right? Can you, can you make sure that he plays out there and is fine can defensively? He, can he close the first quarter for three minutes so you don't have to risk Draymond getting a third foul? You know, like that sort of stuff, which like, you know, if, he, if he's going to give you good minutes, you're not worried about foul trouble. If he's not, you don't trust him. You, maybe you let Draymond play with – one more foul do you want? Next thing you know, you're like, ah, no, we're screwed. That type of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, if if we see Jermichael Green, the series, the game is over. Right? We 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 saw that in 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 I think it was game two. I think we saw him. It was just like, no, this is not this is not going well. If that happens, that's just that's just who the Warriors are. But when Looney's playing well and when Draymond's playing well and they're locking up KD, we're gonna go like, well, they don't need a big. It's just it's just how the just what the Warriors have been. Just those two guys are that good. The, both of those guys played thirty plus minutes, thirty five minutes in Game Seven. They would have yeah. played. They would have played more. So yeah, no, I mean that's what they plan to do. I'm just saying they could end up having to go to the third big if they have to. Ugh. Anyway, um, we'll go down that road. Ultimately, let's end with some predictions here. I feel like I don't, I'm just, I'm so excited about this. I'm now thinking through every scenario. I'm sure people are listening to this and being like, I'm giving the Lakers too much credit. It's not even that. It's just like this this matchup excites me, and I'm thinking through every little scenario I can, and it, you know, make him up that way. I think this goes the distance, uh, <laughs> all the way. This goes seven. Uh, I think we deserve it. I think this is how the Warrior season has gone. Stephen chapter chap Stephen LeBron volume five. I think this is how it's going to go down. I think it's going to go seven. I think Warriors are going to win it. Warriors have the best player. You you brought it up in the beginning. They have the best player. Uh, I think they'll win in seven. It's at home. Uh, hilariously enough, the Warriors actually have home court advantage. They might lose that immediately <laughs> Tuesday night because because they're the more tired team. But uh, I, I, they're pretty even. I think each game is a coin flip. So I'm like I I couldn't confidently tell you that the Warriors are better at this than the Lakers and they can be consistently better at it across a seven game series that they'll win it in five or that they'll win it in six. I think it's just, it's going to be back and forth. It goes all the way and Steph's the best player again. I agree with you and you kind of talked me into it. I think we'll see a blowout in each direction in the first four games. We'll see, we'll see a feel out game, a blowout, a blowout, another feel out game. And then those final few games, game five through seven, rock fight. I think that this series, we may, you know, maybe 125, 107 in game two. No one's going to be breaking 105 by game five, six, seven. I did just, I, it's going to get physical. They'll stop calling as many whistles and it's going to get a lot of like 97, 92, which in this era of the NBA might as well be 77, 72, you know? And, I, and I'll tell you this, if Draymond gets ejected and suspended one game in this series, they ain't winning this one this time around. <laughs> so is, uh, is, uh, is Draymond going to invite LeBron on the pod post game? How come good, LeBron good has game, never good, been on the pod? Good game, King. Good game. <laughs> uh, you know, what's interesting is, I, I mean, I, I feel like Draymond's only had people on the pod like a couple times. It's almost always just him in front of a mic ranting and raving, you know? Uh, it, he doesn't do a two-man. He doesn't, like, he doesn't do the guest interview for these post games. It's just a lot of, like, this is what I'm thinking, you know? Um, 
which like it's hard to do credit to him that's it's not easy to pod by yourself well you know when when it's draymond i feel like it's almost easier uh it's like when i saw him talking to harrison barnes it's like do you, how many words do you think harry b got in you know what i mean it was probably just draymond going off for 30 straight seconds and, <laughs> you know harry b had maybe he was just like yeah okay you know once or twice so i don't know i i forgot to mention it but obviously draymond is gonna have to be he'll have his ups and downs this series like everyone else i think the i, I really think dude the Warriors in seven only because the only guy that you can count on this series to be great every game is Steph. It's, mm-hmm. it's the only guy. I mean, as great as AD has been, he is up and down. LeBron's older. It's just the only guy you know that's going to be there and amazing every game. And, and, and are we discounting the fact that maybe Steph's speech kind of brought this team together more? Are they, are, do they, are, are they able to put aside some of that ego that you talked about? Is Jordan Poole going to be able to kind of swallow his pride and say, your ego is playing? not your amigo, Jordan. Wow. Wow. I've <laughs> never, never heard, heard that. that one. No. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I saw the movie the other day and I was just dying. <laughs> Sounds like a Will Ferrell. Like, it uh, might have been. Uh, uh, Vince Vong or something. But, you know, are, is it like, does Kaminga come out and play with force, as Steve Kerr always says? And if he does that, is he locked in? Same with Jordan Poole. Is he happy playing 18 minutes? If he's just going to play 18, are those efficient 18 minutes? Or is he, like you said, just trying to throw shit up at the rim and just trying to be James Harden for 18 minutes versus trying to be last season's Jordan Poole? So, um, I don't know. That that stuff means a lot. I know Marcus Thompson said that, or, or they, they said, like, hey, they knew the Warriors were going to win before Game 7 because they heard about that speech. And obviously none of us did. Maybe Sam Sources did. The, myth, the myth-making. My, my guy is, it's, yes, exactly. All right. This this is the best script yet. Um, you know, I want to I want to end on one Jordan Poole thing. Everyone's really frustrated with him. Trust me, I am too. Um, it's easy to forget. Last year in the playoffs, he was their third leading scorer, and he shot 51, 39, 92 from the field in the playoffs. Yeah, he got pulled off later in the series for defensive possessions. Um, most notably in Boston, where he was only playing about 18 sure. minutes a game. But if you told me you were going to get an efficient Jordan Poole on a consistent basis, I'd take it. I mean, he looked like, well, was it game two or game one Malik Monk? He looked like that guy all the time in the playoffs last year. Uh, and if can he get back to that player? Because it's not easy to score as well as he did last year, which means, which is to say he does have the talent to do it. He's just clearly nowhere near playing at that level right now. Going to be hard to turn the switch. Um, I don't believe it, Sam, but I am praying for it. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am hoping for it because they're going to need it. They're not winning this series if Jordan Poole plays like he did against Zach. They're not. Yeah, they, yeah they're not. agreed. They need, they need better from him. All right, we'll end it there. Appreciate everyone. You know what we'll be after the game.